Deer found her. As you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Deer Found Her podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to another episode of Dear Founder. In today's episode, I am going back to my past founder life, supporting all things motherhood. Andrea Ippolito has created a company that, alongside the Affordable Care Act, works to protect new mothers in their quest to feed their babies, regardless of what that journey looks like. I can't wait for you to not only hear her story, but to hear how she's helping moms in a huge way. But before we get into today's episode, I'm your host, Lindsay Pinchuk, and I've been building brands for nearly 25 years since college. And with a $500 investment, I founded, built, and sold a seven-figure business that reached 3 million people per month. This podcast is my twice-weekly letter to you to inspire you to find success through your own entrepreneurial endeavors. This podcast is the show I wanted 13 years ago when I myself became an accidental female founder. If there's anything that you want to hear about or anything that you want to share with me or want me to share to help you through your endeavors, I invite you to reach out. Simply send me an email, lindsay at lindsaypinchuk.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at lindsaypinchuk. And if you're inspired by today's episode, I invite you to share it. Shine some light on Andrea Ippolito and the amazing work that she's doing. Text it to a friend or share it in your stories. You know if you tag me at Lindsay Pinchuk or at Dear Founder, I will absolutely come and say hello. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, I would love it if you left a five-star rating or review. This is how other entrepreneurs and other women discover our show and the incredible stories that we share here. All you have to do is go to www.ratethispodcast.com forward slash dear found her. The link is in the show notes and you can rate us on any platform wherever it is that you listen. Andrea Ippolito is the CEO and founder of Simply Fed, a virtual baby feeding support platform. Wait until you hear what it does and how it helps new moms. She previously was a faculty member at Cornell, Presidential Innovation Fellow based out of the White House and co-founder of Smart Scheduling, which was acquired by Athena Health. I am so excited for you to meet Andrea and for you to hear her story and to feel her passion because I will tell you, you are going to feel how passionate she is about what she does just by listening to this episode. So come on in and meet Andrea Ippolito. All right, so today I am actually putting on back on my bump club hat because we are going to be talking about a topic that I lived and breathed for basically 11 years, not just personally, but 
through my business. And I am so excited about the company and the founder that we're about to share with you today because one, I wish that it had existed when I was having my babies. And two, I think that there are so many women out there that can benefit from it. So Andrea Ippolito, who is the founder and CEO of SimpliFed, is here today to share all about her company and her founder journey with us. So Andrea, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here. And I'd love for you to kick us off by telling us what SimpliFed is and how did you get to where you are today with it? Like how, like what is your journey? Yeah, it's holy moly. It's been a journey. And, and so Simply Fed, we comprehensively tackle baby feeding and we meet your, where you're at no matter how you feed your baby. And so what that looks like is we start working with folks during pregnancy. We do a prenatal baby feeding education appointment via our 100% virtual platform, do a lot of listening to understand folks' goals are for baby feeding. And then after baby's born, we continue to help support you with breastfeeding, formula feeding, combo feeding, however you decide to feed your baby, we got your back. And what that looks like is it's a continuation of what we started during pregnancy. And we help with latching, positioning, supply concerns, oversupply, undersupply, dealing with any pain, sleeping while feeding, um, that transition back to work, weaning. And something that truly is unique about our model is, yes, we support uh, breastfeeding and we also help distribute formula. And we also help get access to insurance covered breast pumps as well. So we like to practice what we preach truly, no matter how you feed your baby, we got your back. And, and while that doesn't sound controversial, it weirdly is because we are a breastfeeding support provider um, that helps distribute formula. Right now, most parents in the U.S. both breastfeed and use formula, but sadly, they face an extraordinary amount of judgment, and you know they face it from family and friends and healthcare providers and the hospital after giving birth. And Simply Fed believes very strongly it's a woman's right to choose however they want to feed their baby, and and that's a critical part of our model. Another critical part of our model is that it's fully covered by your health plan at no cost to you, not the formula part, but the, the services side. And that's your right under the Affordable Care Act to get access to these services at no cost to you starting during pregnancy. And so we have national and commercial contracts, as an example. We serve all military families via TRICARE. We have a number of Medicaid contracts across the country. And so our goal is to really democratize access to inclusive, non-judgmental baby feeding support, no matter how you feed your baby. And, you know, the journey. Oh, wait. Yeah. So before I, before you get into the journey and the idea, I want to point something out here. So I said in the beginning, I said a couple minutes ago, I'm putting my bump club hat back on today that I wore for so many years. And a very large part, I want to point this out, a very large part of what drew me to you and to your mission is because it totally synced up and aligned with my mission as it pertains to feeding at Bump Club. And my mission at Bump Club was to support women no matter what their choice was. There was no judgment. There was, no, it didn't matter. Largely one, this was before I even had a baby. I made that decision. But two, once I did have a baby, I had issues breastfeeding. And so with both my babies and I breastfed and I formula fed and I talked about it. And I will tell you the first time that I talked about it online, I was literally ripped a new one. I was like, they came after me, the Leche League, La Leche League came after me, you know, and, and really it was, thankfully I am who I am and I'm able to let things roll off my back, but 
not every woman is able to do that. And especially after having a baby and your hormones all are all over the place, you need to feel supported. You need to feel lifted up. And if you don't want to breastfeed your baby, you don't have to breastfeed your baby. If you only want to breastfeed your baby, you should be given the supports to do so. And so I love what you're doing because like you said, it doesn't sound controversial, but it is really controversial. And I know this from personal experience. And I love that you are taking a stance and saying it doesn't matter. It's up to you, the mom, because it is up to the mom, no matter what people say. And I don't ever want moms to feel like they have to do something because someone is telling them to do it. They need to do it because it works for them. So thank you for mm. doing what you do. And I really that's why I wanted to shed light on this, because I don't do this anymore. I'm not in this space anymore. I don't share this mission anymore on a regular basis. But I really want to share yours because I think there are a lot of women who can benefit from it. So thank you for doing what you do. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. I, I mean, it's it, obviously I'm very passionate about it. I've seen a lot of shit from a lot of these people who feel like they should tell women what they should do with their bodies and their baby. And it's really terrible. So yeah, it's, it's horrendous. You know, you know, our shared mission and I think you're still, you're still in the fight. So I'll give you, I'll, I'll I'm always you. in the fight. I mean, I support women wholeheartedly, right? Like that's what I do. And this is part of it. This is part of, you know, I'm not wearing my parenting, you know, expert hat every day, but I will always fight for moms always. I love that. And, you know, we want healthy babies and we want healthy moms and a healthy mom is one that has the freedom to choose how to feed her baby in the way that she wants that protects her physical and mental health. And, yep. and so our providers, you know, stand by you, work with you to understand your goals, your situation to make an informed choice on what works best for you. And so thanks for saying oh my that. God, of course. But so tell us how you came up with this idea. I'm sure it was because of personal experience, because like mo most mompreneurs, that's really usually what happens. But I would love for you to kind of walk us through what that ideation process was. Yeah. And, and I'll share a little bit about my background yeah. too, because it, it helps inform how we got there. But heck yeah, it was from personal lived experience. Once you get introduced to the baby feeding radio, you're like, holy shit, this is hard. And there needs to be new pathways and, and a new approach here. And so I, uh, I'm an engineer by background, worked in medical devices, then went to grad school at MIT where my research was for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the Pentagon on how we improve access to care for mental health care services via telehealth. So that telehealth is kind of in my blood and my DNA. And then went to the federal government, served as a senior advisor to the secretary at the Department of Veterans Affairs, largest healthcare system in the country, did a lot with modernizing the VA there. And then was pregnant with my first daughter at the tail end of that, was traveling back and forth between D.C. and Boston at the time, realized that was not going to be sustainable at all. And so my partner and I moved to upstate New York, uh, which a lot of people were like, wow, that's a, that's a big move. Um, and I joined the faculty at Cornell at the time, had my daughter and saw how hard baby feeding was. And I saw that, um, you know, breastfeeding while natural, there's nothing natural about it. And, and breasts are organs and that folks need access to trained healthcare professionals. And most were not getting access to that. And, and especially for folks like me in rural areas. But even if you live in a city, even if you live in a suburb, getting access to ongoing support, there was just a total gap. 
And then I also saw that it was hard to access inclusive support, whether you were breastfeeding, formula feeding to what we were just talking about. And then most parents do both. Most parents both breastfeed and use formula at different times of their baby feeding journey. And no one talked about combo feeding and no one talked about selecting a formula that works for you. And, and I felt like there needed to be a care redesign here, but the big, and I hate when entrepreneurs talk about the light bulb moment, but like, but just to like be cliche for a second, for for us, the the light bulb moment was that under the we learned that under the Affordable Care Act, husbands are required under federal law to cover breastfeeding and baby feeding support at no cost to them. And I was so shocked to hear this. Wait a second. There is trained healthcare professionals that can be helping parents on this journey. They're baby feeding experts. Technically, some are more inclusive than others, and that's a big part of Simply Fed's mission as well, whether you're breastfeeding, formula feeding, pumping, donor milk. So why aren't more parents getting access to this trained healthcare professional, especially if it's supposed to be covered at no cost to you under federal law? And so that's how we form Simply Fed. And I will, I will also share with everyone that often when an entrepreneur talks about, you know, starting this organization, their organization and their life's work and passion, and you know this more than anyone, you know, it's not this overnight success story. You know, I had a newborn. I had a second daughter. I'm actually pregnant with my third daughter right now. Oh my God. Congratulations. I didn't know that. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. 26 weeks. And, and, you know, the journey for, for me probably looked a little different than others, right? Because I was pursuing this parenthood journey alongside it. And I think that's okay. And I feel extremely strongly about that um, for, for other women in particular, right? By the time you often get enough confidence, expertise, and feel ready to take that leap into starting a company, it often coincides with having kids. And I think we need to recognize that the journey's going to look a lot different or it is going to look different and that's okay. And we as an entrepreneurial ecosystem need to be more supportive than that. And so I'm very lucky that I have a board that's supportive of that. But I just want to share that for, for listeners that because you have a, a family, it, it doesn't preclude you from being an entrepreneur. It's okay for it to look different and make it work for you. I love that. So I want to kind of dial it back to when you like had this idea, you had this light bulb moment. And so like, what did you do next? You know, like, how did you, how were you like, okay, I'm going to like start this business because it doesn't happen overnight. Also, you know, I want to point out like you have a virtual service essentially. So, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot to kind of think about like, how are you going to make money? Like, what does this look like? So like kind of big picture, walk us through what that was to actually get started. And I'm so happy you're asking this because I feel like everyone skips over the steps in their journey. And this is, in a, in a way, the most critical part. So, And it's, well, it's critical for the people who are listening because when you start something or want to start something, oftentimes you just don't know how. And like that, it seems so overwhelming. So you don't. You don't. You don't. And, and so what it looks like is it's something that's keeping you up at night. And holy moly, it needs to keep you up at night because entrepreneurship sucks. Like it really is hard. And so you gotta love what, what you're doing. Cause that's going to get you through the hard, hard times. And I don't mean to speak negatively, but, but it is hard. And, and so what that looks like is it's something that's keeping you up at night. And then you start to Google it more and you start to talk about it more with your family and your friends. 
And then all of a sudden you start to put a little meat on the bones, right? You start to put a, maybe a PowerPoint together or a Google doc together. And, and you start talking about it with folks and start doing your research. And I think the next thing that, that I did is went and talked to other folks and customers and do a lot of customer discovery and user research to validate or invalidate some of the assumptions that I had about that, this arena. And so did a lot of that confirm that, holy moly, there's a need. And so what does that look like next? Okay. So it's a virtual service to your point. So then I did research, talked to a bunch of folks on, okay, what are the uh, no code tools that I can use that are ready off the shelf? And so found this great solution called Simple Practice, which facilitates telehealth. I incorporated and worked with some folks to do that. Um, got the incorporation. You get an EIN, which is your tax number. And I'm sorry I'm being super tactical. No, I'm glad you are, are. These are the things that like how you actually put some email modes. Then alongside that, I had to recruit some providers. Luckily, I, I did have access and know some incredible providers. Signed on to providers, put together subcontractor agreements with a friend that's a lawyer that was willing to do some stuff in kind. And so I want, I emphasize that because all of these, these little things are expensive and I'm not someone that comes from generational wealth, right? And so you have to build the network or have a strong network. And by the way, I think this is an unfortunate thing that you do need to have a strong network to ask for these favors, be able to pull on folks. And so being part of entrepreneurial ecosystems is very important. And that's where I found access to that friend that's a lawyer via the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in you know, Ithaca, New York. And, and so you, we start to get, uh, we, we had providers then, they're subcontractors to our organization. And then we start to put together decks to communicate what we're doing. And then luckily I found a partnership with Milk Stork, um, which is an amazing company. They do breast milk shipping and, and they started working with us. And then you get that seed of traction. And so that, I share that because that was the traction that we needed and you're hustling along the way, right? Talking to a whole bunch of people. And then we're able to raise some funding from angels. And so you're not gonna, right now we have national Aetna commercial contract, right? Like. Me as a, as a small, nimble team with two providers, we're not going to get that national and commercial contract. But what's the milestone that you can get that gives evidence of traction? Is that's what I say to all entrepreneurs is find that, like, what is that nugget? And that's what it was for us. And then from there, we can start serving patients, get a little bit more meat and data. Then we can raise money from more angel investors and, and so on and so on. So, okay. So you just mentioned your, the Aetna contract. Talk to me about like how that works, because I think, you know, the big thing is with like a virtual service is how are you going to make money? And, and I know this from personal experience. I mean, I had, I had a community and I had to make money from my community. I didn't have a product. And when COVID happened, we went virtual and we had to figure out how are we going to make money being virtual. And so you are in a very awesome, unique situation because it is covered by insurance and insurance companies who pay you. So how did you kind of take that step to get Aetna and, and what did that look like? Like, I'd love for you to kind of share that, that picture with us because that's a big pivotal moment for you as a company. 
It, it is. And so it was a two-year journey, and I'll be very tactical and specific here as well, just so folks can, can hear what um, all goes back to network. One of our, our very first angel investor, uh, forever grateful for, for him writing the check, introduced us to actually a former student of his at Aetna, and we started building that relationship. And uh, woman's health is health, and it's a priority for, and, and Aetna has just been remarkably amazing and such a leader in the woman's health arena. Um, and so over a two-year period, we started, we, we had conversations with them. And then the formula shortage hit, which was, and still is ongoing, and it's devastating for American families. And Aetna realized wow, we have to address this. We have, and because we had been in conversation with them. And so it's a lot of conversations. At this point, our, our provider network was quite a bit bigger. We had a lot more data points to share. Um, and we shared the value that we provide to their members and also shared that it's a requirement under federal law. And they, they, they were just so passionate about this shared mission. And, and then you go through contracting uh, in the healthcare arena, something called credentialing, and then contract signed, and, and here we are. Hi, guys. It's me, Lindsay. I'm not sure if you're aware, but over the last nine months, I haven't just helped big enterprise brands on their marketing efforts through my consulting firm. I've also helped over a dozen women, small business owners in launching their companies, building their brands, and to tweak what wasn't working. I've been building and growing brands for nearly 25 years, but I've forever used one method to build my own brands and that of my clients and students. My signature suite method utilizes social media, your website, emails, events, partnerships, and publicity to generate and execute cost-effective community-centric marketing strategies. If you're looking for that added layer of guidance, please reach out. There's a link in my show notes. Book a call with me and let's see how I can help you. I can't wait to meet you and learn about your business. Now back to the show. So how do you let moms know about your service? Because of course the insurance companies can do that. And I'm sure to a very large degree they do. However, think about yourself. I don't really read the things that come from my insurance company. I'm sure you don't either. We're all like busy, you know, over inundated moms or new moms. So how do you, how have you gotten out there? Because you really, you know, you have this B2B component because of course you need to get the insurance companies on board with you, but you need to be giving them customers. So like you need the B2C component too. So how are you letting moms know that this amazing service exists? So a few different ways and channels. One is the best way that folks find out about us is through friends and family. And you come through our service, our net promoter score NPS is super high, over 95% people that get support from us really appreciate it because they feel heard, they feel validated. We work with them no matter how they feed their baby and we support them and their goals. And that's often hard to get. And so people that get our services love them. And so the, you know, the engine of mom, we say, so that's, that's one. Um, we do do some typical B2C tactics as well. 
uh, paid channels. Um, and we have amazing partnerships. Um, so Willow Breast Pumps, we partner with them. If you go to the Willow Go app, uh, you see their services tab. You can find us in there. We partner with all sorts of other, you know, parent-facing organizations. Um, and we and now moving over to the B2B side of the house, uh, to your point, where we're, we do both, um, we partner with Breast Pump Durable Medical Equipment Company. So uh, another hooray of the ACA is that breast pumps are required to be covered. So parents should be paying out of pocket for breast pumps. Um, and so we partner with Breast Pump Durable Medical Equipment Companies on sharing us as a resource alongside breast pumps, right? Breast pumps are medical devices, just to share that. So getting size properly matters so that you're doing it and, and doesn't hurt your breast. Oh my gosh, that's so important. So we are a, the service complement to a breast pump. So we partner with them. And then we want to be integrated in healthcare because we're trying to reshape what this care pathway looks like. So, so moms don't have to suffer in silence. So we have an amazing collaborations and referral relationships with several healthcare systems across the country. And those take a, a while to build and, and to really um, to create those workflows for providers because we all know that there's massive provider shortages happening right now. And so we get referrals starting during pregnancy to do that prenatal education appointment. So that's the, the full spectrum of ways that parents hear about us. So I want to just really quickly explain to people who are listening who might not know how the ACA affected um affected breastfeeding and also you brought up the DME component. So, and I'm just going to kind of paint my own personal picture. Like when I was, when I had my two children who are now nine and 12, you had to buy a breast pump. And a lot of women who are listening also were in that boat. You had to buy a breast pump. I went to the store, I got my Medela, et cetera, et cetera. A few years after my first daughter was born, the Affordable Care Act was passed and her Andrea's um, information that she just gave Breast pumps are covered for free under that act, okay? But the big hiccup then, and I'm sure it is part partially now too, was a lot of people didn't know how to get their breast pump covered by insurance. And they would call insurance and they would get a runaround and like no people weren't giving them answers or they were trying to cover low-grade pumps or not the best pumps, and it was a whole thing. So during this time... There were companies called DMEs, which are durable medical equipment companies that came up and came out that they were going to be the go-between between between the insurance company and the breast pump provider. And so we at Bump Club used to partner with DMEs as well. And we used to, and, and people, it was the wild thing about it was these moms would come, these expectant moms for the first time, they would come to our dinners. We'd have 100, 150, 200 people sitting there. And we would talk about this and they were blown away because they didn't even know that this existed. And so that's why I want to share this. So, so you, you reach out to a DME and you can do it through Simply Feed, Simply Fed, sorry, and they can help you do it and they can connect you with a DME. They talk to your insurance. You give them the insurance information, they call your insurance, and then the DME comes back to you and says, okay, Andrea, here are the 10 pumps that your insurance will cover for free. And oh, if you want to upgrade to a greater pump, it's going to be this amount of money out of pocket. And they have to cover a breast pump. You tell them what you want. If you want to upgrade, you give them your credit card and it gets shipped to your house. And that's it's as easy as that. And so I, I just want to explain this because it is the Affordable Care Act has 
one, really changed the way expectant moms kind of move forward in this world of feeding. And without it, you wouldn't have a business, not the way that you are, that you are running today, right? That is correct. And, and it, there is, you know, frustrations in the broader women's health arena right now. And what's super exciting to see is the impact of the ACA on women's health. And, and not a lot of people realize that it is your right to have access. And I get like teary pregnancy hormones thinking about it. (laughs) Well, and part of why I gave that explanation and I want to say this is because for people who are listening, like if you know someone who is pregnant, they have a right to get a free breast pump, just like they have a right to use Simply Fed to help them with their, you know, with their feeding journey. The services are covered. And I wish, I said this at the top, I wish that I had that, you know, I paid out of pocket for a, a lactation consultant and I would do it all over again because that IBCLC found my kid's tongue tie, Mm -hmm. not the pediatrician, the IBCLC, you know? And so it's like to have access to these resources for free. Oh my God, it would have saved me so much money, so much money. And, 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 and I do feel like there is, you know, there are a lot of women out there who are still paying for these things because they don't know their rights which is a big part of why I wanted you to come on because I want people to know their rights and that they can go to Simply Fed and all of this can be explained and covered for them. Yeah, and what's so great about our pathway, and thanks so much, Lindsay, for your advocacy here. Just like my heart is bursting because, you know, our team, alongside of our providers, we have a capability called an ally, and they help you navigate this. They, as Lindsay said, take your health insurance information. You can consent, of course. It's very secure when you're sharing this. Uh, my background's in health IT, so would have nothing, nothing less than that. And then they call your health plan and advocate for you on your behalf because it is your right. And big part of Simply Fed's mission is to democratize access and hold health plans accountable for this because under federal law, they're supposed to. And so if you need support, come to us and we will help you get access to insurance covered breastfeeding and baby feeding support that's inclusive no matter how you feed your baby starting during pregnancy even before the baby arrives and that is so important for your mental health too because a lot of folks think they're failing with baby feeding and that those first couple weeks when actually they're kicking butt or you are struggling and you should get access to support again covered by your health plan because breast organs and even if you're not breastfeeding Uh, Infant formula is tied to your baby's health and it's tied to your health as a parent, both mental mental and physical as well. So you should be getting access to support and really excited to share that Aetna, as an example, has come to us said that that they believe that they should be covering fully formula feeding parents with services as well. So they're, again, tremendous leaders in this arena. So you can get support from our healthcare experts, no matter how you feed your baby. What's been your biggest challenge with this? So the biggest challenge is our mission is to not be separate than the healthcare system. If we're going to really change what this pathway looks like, we don't want to be 100% D to C. We want to be integrated with the healthcare system so that we can be part of the change that we want to see. We can be part of the change that we wish we had. Maternal health in this country is a mess. We are the most dangerous place in the developed world to deliver a baby. That is 
bananas. It's bananas. It's bananas. It's bananas. And so a very important part of our mission is to integrate with the healthcare system. That means partnering with health plans. That means partnering with healthcare systems and providers and who are overworked and tired and maternal health needs to change in this country. And if we kept it two separate, then frankly, we'd be serving the privileged few that can afford to pay out of pocket. And that's not the change we want to see. And no matter what your privilege is, you should have access to the smart because it's your right. And so the hardest thing that we deal with is tackling some of this bureaucracy. And, and one of our team values is respect the bureaucracy because by respecting the bureaucracy, that's actually how we can make systems change. And Oh, it's a lot and it grinds our gears. And so a lot of what we have to do is, is work with the system uh, and be patient because we know that's ultimately the best thing for, for families and moms and babies in particular across the country. You just mentioned your team. What does your team look like? Well, we have just the most badass team around, and I know every founder feels that, probably says that, but but I particularly think that. So, so we have an incredible group of the most um, thoughtful, empathetic, evidence-based providers you could dream for that are supportive of families no matter how they feed their baby. We have that ally team that I mentioned, most of which are peer moms that have been in your shoes. So they know what you're going through and, and want to make the process as frictionless, as easy as possible. And then our team, we like to call them the backstage team because we are the backstage team in support of our providers, in support of our allies who are working day in, seven days a week, all hours of the day with the, the families that we have the privilege to serve. And so our backstage team has all sorts of amazing experts that have just incredible values are we have clinical ops we have ops we have our folks that form relationships with healthcare systems and payers and and again all that uh, marketing um all all those amazing stakeholders didn't come uh overnight and so we had to go out and to get these this incredible talent these incredibly mission-driven individuals we had to go raise some venture funding and so i like to talk about our investors because they are a super important part of our mission um that help enable this whole experience uh to be out in the public so that we can tackle these boulders uh as part of our mission to be inclusive no matter how folks feed their baby. Are you guys profitable yet? We are not profitable yet, but we are, we're getting there. And, and our goal is to really democratize access to this service, but not there quite yet. You will be. You're still young. <laughs> You're still young. Where, what does the future look like for Simply Fed? So what the future looks like for Simply Fed is just expanding our reach, expanding our access so that it is even easier to be able to access our services, but uh, partnering with more health plans and, and healthcare systems across the U.S., and we believe that is oh so critical. We have amazing collaborations with with several health plans across the country, with health systems, over 325 healthcare systems and providers refer to us. We, we plan on continuing to grow in that arena um, and then getting the word out there so that uh, parents can find out about us. So, you know, parents, if you're listening or if you have a friend that's pregnant or, or, or struggling postpartum, you know, definitely tell them to check out our website. But a big part of our focus for the next couple of years is making sure all families have access to insurance covered support for those that need it. 
I love it. And I love what you're doing. So, I mean, thank you for being such an advocate for women all over the country, because like you said, it's bananas what's going on. And, you know, I, it's, you know, it's hard for me, like having taken a step back from wearing that hat, like I support women in a different way now, but you know, I will, like I said at the top of this, I will always have a soft spot for making sure that moms get what they need. And, you know, to see other women like you, like kind of taking that torch and carrying it through and continuing to carry it through just, it really like, like it lifts me up inside. So uh, thank you for the work that you're doing because it is so important. It really is. Uh, thanks for saying that. Yeah, it's 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 definitely is a journey, and uh, and especially doing it as a as a parent and now pregnant again and going through this whole rigmarole. And and so I just want to sh- say it's not easy. Uh, and I but I just it's an honor to be able to serve families in this arena. Today's episode is brought to you by Hivecast, an amazing agency providing high quality podcast production made simple and affordable. I hit the jackpot when I came across Hivecast. As I pieced together services from contractors all over the web initially to help me with my podcast, Hivecast was everything that I needed all in one place. For just $500 per month, they not only produce and edit four episodes, but they also create the marketing assets. Emma, my account manager, is amazing, making sure that I'm on task and that we can schedule episodes regularly and by my deadlines. Honestly, the time saved working with Hivecast is worth at least triple what I'm paying. Their sister company, Fireside, offers other marketing services for small businesses, including social media management, Facebook and Instagram ads, search engine marketing, and so much more. Again, all at a rate palatable by a small business owner. The best part, there's no contract. You can purchase their services as needed on a monthly basis. Use the code FOUNDHER and save 50% off your first month of services. Give them a try. The decision to outsource this part of my business has surely saved me a ton in the long run, and it was the best decision I've made for my business. Talk to me a little bit about how you raised money. What was that journey like? I mean, I know it, it that could probably be its own episode, but a lot of we do get a lot of questions about fundraising. You mentioned your angel investors, but kind of what was the process and where has it gone? Because I know you you didn't just raise once. Yeah, so we've raised a couple rounds of funding. So our uh, pre-seed, our angel round, we had incredible angels that had our back very early. And we brought that money in via a convertible note. There's a bunch of different mechanisms you can use. We used a note. You can use a safe. Pick your poison. Um, but get mentorship on which option is work for you and, and take the time to get mentorship from that near peer mentor that can walk through the terms so you don't get screwed. Um, that's really important. Real deal. I did not know what any of the terms meant. And thankfully I had folks that helped walk me through that and educate that, um, bring on, uh, we just built networks, right? Talk, you talk to dozens, hundreds of people. And I'll give some stats on our seed round. And then we use that. Uh, we raised about 675,000 in our pre-seed round via this note, convertible note and convertible note, just to define that is it is too early to put a value on your company. So what that convertible note is, it kicks the can down the road for when you have a valuation and it allows you to raise that money, bring it in, and then that note, sometimes called convertible debt, that it's structured as debt. But once you are able to put a valuation on your company and a price per share, then those that equity, that 
was given out via this note, con- uh, that actually does convert to equity from the debt and because you actually are able to put a value on it. So we raised 675000 via that pre-seed. And then last May 2022, we raised $6 million um, via a price round, which means you can put a price on the shares. Congratulations. And- Oh, thanks. It was uh, it was not easy. It took many months. Again, a lot of folks will say we're in a tight process. I closed it in two months. Not my experience. It took nine months. I spoke with 140 unique venture firms, entered due diligence with 40. And the reason I'm able to say these numbers is via that DocSend hack because you can see who opened your stuff and all the things. So that's why I like to circle back to that. And then six venture firms. Uh, were in our around our in what's called a syndicate, and we had two co-leads who are incredible, and I'm just forever grateful for for all of our investors along the journey during our pre-seed and seed because they believed in this mission um, and saw it and uh, and but that's the process, and I'm always happy to talk with folks about what that looks like behind the scenes. So I'm going to wrap up with the last question I ask everyone, and that is what are three tips that you would give a brand new founder, actionable tips that they can take away from this conversation based on your experience and implement in their own business? Yeah. So first tip uh, is find a near peer mentor of someone that is one step ahead of you. This is honestly like my first, second, and third. I will share two more, but Finding someone that is one step ahead of you that has been through what you're about to go through is very important because they are your text line when you are in struggle city and don't know how to do X, Y, Z. They can help demystify things for you. And it can be super tactical. Let me give an example. Um, I was about to start going out there with investors and they were like, oh, do you use DocSend to send your pitch deck? I was like, what the heck is that? And like, that is like such a micro small example, but again, these resources, when you get, if you do decide to go raise money, you get your first term sheet, Uh, you know, (laughs) deciphering these words are very hard and someone that you feel comfortable with to, to really walk you through this and what this looks like and be your sounding board is also important. Um, And so near peer mentors, so critical. Um, Secondly is you are in the driver's seat to decide what company you want to build or organization you want to build, whether that's for-profit, non-profit, going after investor money or bootstrapping. You are in the driver's seat. That is a strategic decision you can make. You are also in the driving seat of what type of scale you want to get and how quickly. And I think we do a disservice to entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, Um, when we don't give them permission to start organizations in a way that works for them and their life's goals. And look, a lot, um, and the, the third thing is, is more of like a rah, rah empowerment. And I know like that's sometimes cliche too, but investing in, in supporting women entrepreneurs is not philanthropy. It is just damn good business. Female founded companies are more profitable we're more innovative. We do more for society, period. And so if you are feeling, and I definitely feel this every day still, the imposter syndrome, just embrace the stats I just shared. We are better at starting companies than men. And I 
will I, I testified in Congress and I said that, and I will say it here again. So you are enough. And so oh, I get like teary pregnancy. Um, and so that's just, you know, don't forget that we are data driven. The data shows it and proves it. Andrea Ippolito, founder and CEO of Simply Fed. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing so much information and really taking us behind the curtain. It's, you know, it's so important to be transparent about how women build businesses to your point, because women do build businesses better. And, <laughs> and I really appreciate your transparency and you being here. So thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Come check us out at simplyfed.com and at simplyfedbaby. I told you that you would love Andrea and her story and everything that she stands for. And I know if you're like me, you wish that Simply Fed was around when you were having your babies, even if it was just a year or two ago. What she's doing is incredible. And just from the work that I did for so many years at Bump Club and Beyond and how close I was with new motherhood and just the life stage and everything that comes along with it. Any little bit to support new moms goes a huge, huge, long, far way. And I know that was kind of a mouthful, but I I just am so in awe of what she's doing and building and how she's making it work for every mom and not just for moms in the upper and middle class. So I, I applaud Andrea for every little bit of the work that she's doing, and I hope that you do too. There were so many takeaways from today's episode. So get out your pen and paper. I'm going to share my top five. And then if you subscribe to my newsletter, which is linked in the show notes, you'll get the rest sent to your inbox, as well as some awesome tips on how to build and grow your own business from me. So for now, here are my top five takeaways. Number one, I loved Andrea's honesty when she said entrepreneurship sucks. You have to love what you're doing. And that is the God's honest truth. Entrepreneurship is very, very hard, but when you do love what you're doing, it oftentimes doesn't feel like work. Number two, find a near peer mentor that is one step ahead of you that's been through what you are about to go through to help guide you along your way. Number three, you are in the driver's seat to decide what company or organization you want to build. You are in the driver's seat. That is a strategic decision that you can make. You also decide what scale you want to get to and how quickly you want to get there. Number four, supporting female entrepreneurs is not philanthropy. It is just damn good business. And I love that Andrea said this. And number five, you are enough. It really and truly cannot get more simplified or easy to say, you are enough. And I'm so glad that Andrea said that. Thank you so much, Andrea Ippolito from Simply Fed, for sharing your story and your passion with all of us today, especially as we head into May and celebrate moms all month long, even though we should be celebrating moms all year long, every day of every month, every month of the year. But I I really appreciate you being here and for sharing this incredible story and your journey with us. And thank you so much for all of you who tuned in and who listened as always, please stay tuned for another brand new episode coming your way every single Tuesday and Thursday.